Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host Sean Siriani, and we have a very, very special episode for you. I know I say that a lot in my intros, we got a very special episode for you, but this time, it's actually very special. It's making me realize that I throw around that terminology a lot <laughs> in just regular times. But whatever, you know what, actually every episode's special to me. Uh, I'm lucky and I have a blast doing this, but I'll get to the point because I don't want to do a super long intro. But the reason why this episode is so special is because this was our first recording in front of a live audience. This was recorded at PodCamp Toronto 2019, which is an all-weekend podcast convention. It was going down at Ryerson University, and it was a great way to step out of my comfort zone. I kind of realized the day of... I probably could have got a bigger audience in there if I selected a different time. I did one of the last slots at the end of the weekend. And it seems like a lot of people got burnt out by the end of it. They also had a party the night before. The people who were there were kind of (laughs) hanging. But it's all cool. If they end up inviting me next year, I'll uh, do it right in the middle. But yeah, this was like a perfect way to like kind of step in the shallow end of doing a live show. And the vibes were on point. I had one of the most perfect guests to do this with. And my guest for this segment was the interview queen, Alicia Toot of AEW Impact Wrestling and the very popular YouTube channel, Ambi. If you're not familiar with Alicia, you're going to hear her story. If you're a content creator and just going for it, you're going to love this story. You're going to get some inspiration This girl, over the years, has kept swinging to the fences and has interviewed some of the most famous rock stars and pro wrestlers on this planet. She continues to grow, adapt, evolve, and we just have an awesome conversation. Also in the building, all the way from Limerick, Ireland, Johnny Shea, folk music gangsta. (laughs) He did a song to kick off the show and close it out. And yeah, guys, I hope you enjoy this one. You also may have noticed that I put a little clip on our socials. This was video recorded. And the entire thing is going to come out at a later date. You know, the creative imbalance has been heavily focused as these audio segments. But you also seen our broken light bulb logo slapped on different projects with musicians, comedians, battle rappers... All across other people's YouTube channels and socials. And we have our own YouTube channel that we created a couple years ago. But it's pretty much a dead zone. And we're going to do a little relaunch of that. Kind of build some hype. Build a package. And kind of make some noise before we start dropping content on there. And pretty much do a YouTube channel relaunch. But uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that for now. Lots of big plans, always evolving. Another thing I want to mention before I throw this interview at you, speaking of evolution, I noticed listening to the playback of this, my cadence is a little different than usual, and it's not a bad thing. Um, I'm just so used to having this show 
just a one-on-one intimate interview, almost to the point where I get in these conversations and I forget the microphones on if me and my guests are going 40 minutes to an hour. But, um, This one, being in front of a small handful of people, it's funny because I didn't want to exclude them, but I was also trying to keep the vibe of the show that I usually have. (laughs) And even looking at the video, like, I could tell, like, I'm a bit all over the place. Like, should I be looking at my guests right now? Oh, I should be talking to the audience right now. (laughs) And... And it was kind of a cool thing to feel that uncomfort, just to do something new. And it it goes back to me thinking of starting up this show and doing artist interviews and initially not being a natural at it. But as episodes went on, the more you do it, it, you overthink things less and it becomes a part of you. And this isn't just with interviewing. This is with any type of skill or art form you may tackle. This is something I've learned throughout life, and it's kind of cool. And I'm finding my thought process from then till now about being in a situation that's new and not perfect and to not, like, kick yourself over it and just almost make that motivation to do it more and more often until it becomes a part of you. Some of you know I also do stand-up comedy, and it's the same shit, same process, So I want to say to anybody, if you're thinking about starting something new, just go for it. You may totally knock it out of the park. And if you feel it fell flat in certain areas, use all of that as a learning experience. It's actually a step forward into whatever your mission is. And I said I didn't want this to be a long intro. And here I am going on a rant. I hope hope at least one of you can get something out of that. And yeah, big thanks to PodCamp Toronto. Big thanks to Sammy Yunin, my producer, Girth Radio, who gave me a kick in the ass to do this segment. And we're going to throw that your way. Here is the interview queen, Alicia Toot, coming at you right now. Earth Radio in session. With this whole weekend, the theme of PodCamp, a lot of people, they're coming here to learn. They're seeing all these different workshops. And I was thinking about who would be a perfect guest for this. And as I was thinking, there's somebody who I've been following for a bit. And she took the route of media and pretty much from what I see from an outside perspective, took all her passions, made it a reality, and created some dream jobs for himself. And yeah, so I want to introduce to you, to the interview queen from Ambi Impact Wrestling, Alicia Atout. Hello! This is so exciting. We've been following each other for so long to be doing something together live at such a cool event. I'm so excited. So thank you so much for the lovely intro and having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And yeah, I want to kind of go back in time because I know you from Ambi, which is one of the coolest names. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, 
it's a YouTube channel. It's called Another Music Blog. Yeah. Oh god. Like there's like some sarcasm from I'm it. So young. <laughs> no, I think it's great because there is way too many music blogs. But you kind of like took like a sarcastic approach and it ended up popping off. I don't know. There's like a certain like chill realism to it in a way. It's so funny that you see it that way because that's exactly why I called it that. Yeah, Um, yeah. I got to the point where I was writing so much in school. uh, Whenever I'd finish my courses, I would just have downtime and I would just start writing music reviews. I didn't put them anywhere. And then my parents found out. And they said, why don't you put this on one of those blog things? And I'm like, okay. So I searched. I found this free WordPress site and made a little thing. And... Little did I know it turned into what it is today. Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, crap, I need a name for this. So I thought, a music blog, A, no, I don't just cover Canadian stuff. You know, I don't want to be pigeonholed. So hmm, how about a music blog, yeah. And then I was like, oh my gosh, Ambi, this works, this works. So I just started going. It was a little cheeky, tongue-in-cheek, and I thought this could be a thing. So it just started off as a hobby, really. That's really cool. And growing up where you like consuming a lot of media and like watching like much music and seeing VJs and did you ever like picture yourself in that situation? Or? Not at really? all. Yeah. I mean, I would watch music videos and music's been such a massive part of my life. I remember being like three and my parents bathing me to Motown and Prince and you know, it's all those like little memories. It's, it's, I've been listening to music I always say like since in the womb. It's just been in my family for so long. So never did I think I'd be doing this at all and it just, it really came together so organically. Yeah, that's really cool. And so I want to hear about, like, your first time going to, like, a venue or whatever. And did you – do you remember who the band was or who the artist was? Or? So the first interview I ever did, it was about a few months into me having my website. I was yeah. still in school. I was 16 or 17, and I'm 23 now. So I went to a concert. They were a band called Bombay Bicycle Club, and they were opening for Sam Roberts. And so I went to Echo Beach. I was with my dad and my sister, and I was so excited to see one of my favorite bands live. After the show, we always used to wait to meet these bands because they were, like, my idols. So they came through the back, and my sister had some artwork for them. And we went to the lead singer. Hey, do you mind signing this? And they were smaller because they were the openers. And they signed my sister's artwork. Then my dad had this crappy little digital camera. He's like, Alicia, why don't you ask him a couple questions? I'm like, no, dad, no. Like, these are my heroes. This is so, don't yeah. <laughs> And my dad, when he knows I can do something, he kind of doesn't give it's up on it. Push, push heavy me push. right yeah. um, So I did it. He put on the little digital camera. I asked two questions. I used to call them a 2Q video interview. And that was that. There were such stupid questions, too. And the band was lovely about it. I've interviewed them many times since. It's kind of full circle for me. But that was my first ever interview. It was not planned at all definitely wasn't through the right channels but you you learn yeah yeah and that's <laughs> sometimes how it works in this industry i noticed too it's a lot of like being in the right place at the right time and yeah just going for it and stepping out of your comfort zone and yeah that's really cool and that's a big one for your first one ever so after that like like how did you feel did you did you like really want to push towards more or was it your dad just shaking you? You got to do a second episode type of thing. It was really my dad. Yeah. And you know, I work closely with my dad and he mm-hmm. kind of, he even films a lot of my interviews to this day. Oh, really? Yeah. With my family, we go to concerts still. They come to the wrestling shows with me. We're just so tight knit. So he was like, hey, this band's coming through town. You want to see if we can do something? You literally go to their Facebook page. It'll say if they're with Warner, Universal or whatever. And I started making these contacts and I started networking with people and they'd have a function and then I'd start getting invited and you show face and you have to put the time and the work in. And they started to take notice of that. Yeah, so yeah. I made all of these contacts. Then the interviews started building and you go from interviewing got smaller venues to the 
biggest venues in the city and mm-hmm. it's just it just kind of ricocheted really naturally yeah cool. definitely and uh i'm sure like the first couple you probably felt a bit starstruck being around your heroes oh, and yeah. stuff like that <laughs> how long did it take for that to go away because i noticed like with doing this show as well too i remember at the beginning i'd be like oh my god i can't believe i get to sit down with this person and then after a while you kind of just learn that everybody's just a human being and yeah that's exactly yeah. it whether they're a rock star who perform in front of mm-hmm. like thousands thousands of people or they're opening a wwe show it's the same thing you just gotta treat them like they're people a lot of these people they just go home once they're done being on stage after a long tour and they're just with their families or their friends and they're literally just like us and I had to keep telling myself that yeah yeah from Metallica to Chris Jericho I would mm-hmm. psych myself out prior like these guys are huge you can't screw this up and then I'd right before I give myself a little pep talk in my head like they're they're human they're human and then it would go super smoothly yeah so you really can't let it get to you I still yeah. get nervous but they're good nerves if you don't get nervous I feel like you don't care yes yes yeah. I agree and uh, you mentioned Jericho too and I follow you both on Twitter and I remember like a little back and forth uh, and he really like respects you and that's so cool like coming from like one of the biggest uh, superstars in WE history and I want to get kind of like hear how you segued from Ambi to doing pro wrestling interviews because that kind of came a little later like you started off as the music blogger and then yeah, I started doing music stuff, um, it was 2012, and I did that for a few years, and then got to the point where that got fairly big, and I had all the contacts in music, and I'd interviewed some of the biggest bands, and I was kind of feeling like I wanted something a little different, and I've yeah. been a wrestling fan since I was two or three years old, I absolutely love it, my passion for it is just huge, so it came up from my dad, why don't you try and interview a wrestler, yeah, and I'm like, that's genius. Like, it's such a simple thing to think about, but it never occurred to me. I was just yeah. so, you know, focused on music and trying to succeed in that. So I contacted Ali, or formerly known as Cherry Bomb on the Indies. She's mm-hmm. signed with Impact Wrestling. And I emailed her two days before a show, and she's like, yeah, come on down. It'll be great. So I ended up going to a local promotion, interviewing her. It went over pretty flawlessly. And I posted online. I was so scared of the backlash. I, I was afraid all my music fans would be like, what is this? Why are you doing this to us? Didn't have any of it. It was so lovely. Uh, the response was great. And so that motivated me even more to try to network more. And it was, it was starting all over, really. Yeah. I had the numbers and I had the name, but no one knew me in wrestling. So I was starting all over, but I kind of had the experience from the music side. Yeah, it's cool how you that one day you just did something a little different and now you look at it and you it just changed my life. <laughs> skyrocketed you're on the fight network impact everything and yeah you were saying now you're getting more like in the ring announcing like yeah. being part of the show like you're a character now and how is that transition for you it was different um i'm very much like how you mentioned before it's a whole new comfort zone yeah i, I went from doing video interviews where I'd be sitting behind a camera and if someone messed up which doesn't happen but you know in the back of your mind okay if someone screws up we can just pause this and start right over it'll be fine or continue but when it's live it's live and there is no starting over sometimes you're going out in front of a few thousand people or you're doing a pre-tape and you know what's going to air in front of I've had one uh, it was 11,000 people when I did all in and I did a pre-tape with Kenny Omega and I'm like okay I don't want to screw up in front of Cody Rhodes who's like what a giant in our industry yeah he's yeah. watching me with the biggest wrestler in the world and I'm just like oh you can't mess this up and luckily it was great we did two takes and that was that because they just wanted to like make it funny and I'm like yes this is beautiful so it was scary 
yeah, yeah. And then there's acting involved, and I'm not an actor, at least I wasn't, and you just have to learn that trade. And yeah, it's just honing so many different skills because in wrestling, you never know if you're going to be called to be a valet, a manager, a ring announcer. There are so many different avenues that uh, it could go for you, and I'm just trying to get all of them because you never, you never yeah, know yeah. going to come your way, and I've learned that. Yeah, and it, it's cool that you're just so momentum-based, and there's, I feel like there's a lot of power in that, this continuing to put yourself out there and like let your presence be known and um it's cool you mentioned that show all in and for people who aren't like into the wrestling scene there's almost like i'm sure everybody's familiar with wwe right like even (laughs) even like you know the name of the brand like you don't like even if you don't watch it or whatever but there's almost like this underground revolution that's going on with not just like in north america it's like people from japan Mexico and they're all like kind of like gathering the best of the best in building like a relationship and that all in show was the biggest independently run um wrestling uh show in history I believe like they sold out an arena and that's crazy that you got the call to be part of that. You're part of the gang, you know? Like that's going to change the world or <laughs> the wrestling world at least. But, um, and yeah, and there's a really cool thing going on right now where um, it's got noticed by bigger companies, somebody who owns an NFL team, uh, a billionaire, um, just invested in that core group. So I don't know if you're allowed to say anything, but <laughs> have you got a call for a part two of this? Or? Um, I have spoken to some people. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing firm at the moment, but it's kind of one of those things where I would absolutely love to be involved. These guys are my heroes. I've been watching some of them since I was literally four or five. Don't tell them that, though, because they don't like it. Um, yeah, yeah. But, um, it, it was very surreal for me to get the call the first time, and hopefully a second one comes along. That's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, what were you doing yesterday? Yes, so yesterday there was a big co-pro happening in Mississauga. Uh, It was Destiny Wrestling partnering with Flatcraft Wrestling, a Canadian company and an American company. Uh, They're both doing so, so well right now. So for them to collab was just great. They had some of the hottest independent wrestlers facing one another. It was company versus company, which is super cool and different. And obviously there's like Raw versus SmackDown and that kind of stuff, which is cool. But for independents, you don't see it too often. So it was just a blast. I got to do some backstage interviews, which aired on Fight TV and Fight app, which is like a massive um, online app where you can watch and stream stuff. And I got to ring announce. I always open the show there. And it's just fun. You get to interact with people. You never know what's going to happen live. You have people yelling stuff. Um, you always have those little quirks in production where you're like, okay, I got to like go out there and do this promo or whatever. And it's just fun. Yeah. I is there like a lot of stuff on the fly too? They just tell you like a little bit before? And... A lot of it's, hey, okay, you're going to have this moment after said match goes on and you got to kind of put this over. And it's fun when you can just say what you want and it turns out great and yeah. a lot of the time they just kind of you know feed you what to say so yeah <laughs> and you <laughs> just gotta cool. nail it yeah they will give you a mouthful sometimes if you go out live with that microphone and you just freeze you have hundreds of people within arm's reach of you and that's not as no, luckily never happened um but yeah that would not be fun that's giving me anxiety oh thinking of it. <laughs> there was a time where i the first time I ever ring announced, I did muck up someone's name at an indie show. And I remember, oh, I felt so, so bad. And I wasn't like, oh, I'm new. Like, I'm sorry. I wasn't using that as an excuse. But yeah, yeah, 
Were, oh, were they upset? Not at all. No? Okay, yeah. I was really lucky. The guys, I'm really close with so many of the guys, and they've really embraced me in this community, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm like their little sister to so many of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, or big sister. But, uh, yeah, it was just, I'm very happy that they were just making fun of it backstage in, like, a goofy way, because, oh, as long as it, oh, I can't imagine that happening again, no. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, it's your first time, it's okay. I was like, yes, just pretend, yeah, just, yeah. just leave it at that. So I see, like, uh, when you have those moments, too, maybe it's not a big deal for somebody else, but you, it goes back to those nerves and caring yeah, so much, absolutely. like, are you the type that would kick yourself over it for a few I weeks? I things to be flawless. When it comes to live stuff, especially, if they give me four sentences to say live. I don't want to be the person that screws up and everyone's like, oh, Alicia, why'd you do that? Or it messes up the spot that goes after you. It's just, it's not a good feeling. And it's live, stuff happens. You see it on the biggest productions and shows in the world. But you just don't want to be that guy. You know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Try to just study up and know your lines and everything prior. Yeah, it's cool. I like um, how you like your personality is such like a roll with the punches type of thing. Like it seems like you're consistently almost like week by week month by month getting thrown into like a new position yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's not like a small step it's just like almost goes back to your dad <laughs> at the concert yeah, venue <laughs> big push <laughs> but uh, yeah like um what would you tell somebody who's like listening to this and maybe aspiring to pick up a microphone and whether like not even going into wrestling like maybe even any type of media uh, the biggest thing I've learned is don't be afraid to be embarrassed. I've gone out and done sit-down interviews, and I was so nervous before that I was going to mess up. And you notice that half the time the interviewees stutter, or they say the wrong thing, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, do you mind if we just re-say that? Or you just backpedal a little bit, and you mm-hmm. rephrase your wording. It happens. And I used to be so scared of failure and so scared of embarrassing myself. And when you do wrestling... Even if you don't know wrestling like super well, you know that there's a lot of gimmicky stuff that happens and a lot of goofy stuff. So sometimes you look like a doofus, and that's supposed you're supposed to look that way. You're supposed to have fun with it. Some yeah, of the biggest yeah. gimmicks in wrestling are ridiculous. They're so ridiculous, and you have to embrace it. So that's probably the biggest thing. Don't be afraid of failure because you can fail ten times, and all it takes is that one time for you to succeed, and your life will be changed completely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Don't be scared. Get yeah, out there. Awesome. <laughs> and I also like. Um, how you're going to all these diff- different con- uh, conventions like beyond the show you're really putting yourself out there as a brand with meeting the fans and everything like how important is that to even like part of your growth it's extremely important if it weren't for my fans and for people watching there's no need I wouldn't feel fulfilled and it's not like oh they like me I feel so great that's not that's not it sure it's nice um it's a nice little ego booster but it's it's, I worked so hard and I sacrificed so much when I was in high school, whether it was spending time with friends or really, I networked more than I had friendships, to be quite honest. And of course I had that core group, but whatever. Yeah. Um, now knowing that it paid off and people meet me at shows and they want to get things signed by me and buy my merch, it's, it's just gratifying knowing all of that hard work and all the sacrifices didn't go to waste. Yeah, That's definitely. what it comes down to for me. It's less an ego thing and more just a... I've I've done well and I've like kind of proven people wrong. I had a lot of doubters. Yeah, but but it feels like you you're so candid. You're kind of like building like this intimate relationship with like the people who message you like on Twitter. I'm very honest. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like it feels like even (laughs) if somebody's like watching you from afar, they know you. Like, because I actually I haven't seen you in like a year, but like when I when I just saw you sitting right over there, I was just like. You felt like an old friend to me, Aww. just like because how you 
portray yourself online and stuff like that. You're just very real, which is awesome. Well, it's been nice because I met so many of my idols and they've been lovely. And I don't want to be that person where they come up to me or they sometimes they pay for meet and greets or sometimes they just walk up to you casually at shows or malls or airports. And I want to be that person where they come up to you like, hey, can I get a photo? And I'm like, I'm just a little tired today. And it's like, I get it. Some people yeah. are exhausted and their work schedules are nuts but it's like a millisecond and if that can change someone's day or week or whatever or that's been their goal to meet you why i just it, it's lovely i like that because that's how i'd want my idols to treat me yeah definitely is there like i think of all your interviews and it's just like it seems like you interviewed everybody <laughs> from rock music to wrestling but is there one interview that you haven't gotten yet that you <sighs> There's still there's still a few. I yeah. want to Who's on your hit list? I want to interview The Rock when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Because he's just an icon. And then when it comes to music, I'm a massive Kiss fan. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Huge. Uh, I'm obsessed. So if I could sit down with any of those guys, I would just my mind would be pretty blown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you like with all this experience? Would you still feel intimidated if you sat down with uh, Gene Simmons or something? I think I'd more so just be excited because yeah. I've had so many curveballs thrown my way in interviews or sometimes guys just are having a bad day and they're moody with you and you're like, mm. seriously? And then you turn it into something fun and then as soon as you see them turn or crack a smile, you're like, gotcha, sucker. So yeah. I feel like now I go into my interviews knowing anything can be thrown at me and I'm, I'm pretty good with curveballs. So even if Gene Simmons was having one of those days, I'm going to mm. make him smile. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Does anybody want to ask Alicia anything? No, no, no. Purely an open book. Oh, man, that's so hard. I've done over 3,000 of them since I started. Um, so picking my favorites difficult. Uh, one of my favorites was probably that one I mentioned where I um, did the thing backstage with Kenny Omega at All In. Just because of how historic that event was, my idols hiring me for it, uh, all of the talent backstage where these people you know are going to be legends and icons in the future but they're just starting or people who already are like WWE Hall of Famers were backstage so doing that promo with him that was a that was a turning point in my my life my career just like wow you were interviewing the top guy in what will be the top company in front of however many thousands of people it was just it blows my mind it even happened yeah yeah yeah, yeah and it, was, it seemed like you guys like had a friendship like during that like nice. do you guys still keep in touch or yeah i love seeing him at shows whenever yeah, i sick. see him it's like right away i just give him a big hug and it's like there hasn't been any time that's gone by and like you don't you don't think when you're a wrestling fan one of the hottest wrestlers in the world is going to be your friend like, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just weird and it's not just him there's someone like mick foley or just all these icons that now you can just like text for advice or whatever it's it's very surreal yeah i'm, it, I'm very lucky you don't have to apologize, Sammy. <laughs> you run Girth Radio. <laughs> you can shut this thing down if you wanted to. So you said you did your first interview with two questions. You did no research whatsoever. None. And then, uh, so as you've kind of gone along and evolved uh, your interview style, how have you found doing research? Have you been doing a lot of research, or do you kind of like know the band after a certain point and you just kind of like go in and play it by year or what do you do? So research totally comes down to who you're interviewing. There can be someone that I've been, like I recently did a vlog spot, um, a segment with my boyfriend who's a wrestler and there's no research that needs to go into that. Or sometimes I'm interviewing my best friends. I did four interviews last night and I just know the guys and we follow each other on social so it's almost like the research is already in there. But then there's some bands where I know a couple songs and it got pitched to me to interview them before they play like ACC or it could be a smaller venue. And I'm like, okay, there are a lot of eyes on this let me make sure I know exactly what I'm saying. You don't want to screw up any album titles. If it's a uh or a the, you like can't mix them up, you know? Yeah. So that's the kind of research. Sometimes I'll do an hour of it, and there are sometimes I've literally been awake for like 
forever, like hours on end researching people. I just, I, I don't think I'm just an interviewer. You're pretty much a professional stalker when it comes to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it comes to doing this. Yeah, yeah. Do you find the ones you don't really prepare for end up being the best ones? Because I find like sometimes those ones where I don't feel like I need to prepare for, it's like somebody I'm a fan of. So I already have a million questions and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can just kind of like spitball. And then I find like sometimes I'll get like, uh, for example, like with Girth Radio, we had a bunch of like movie directors come in and I'm watching the movie and I'm like trying to find like information on this mysterious guy spending (laughs) hours and hours. And it's just like, the deadest like type of interview so. yeah that's happened to me once <laughs> oh it's, it's so true I have people laughing in the audience but it's so true that's happened to me before where I'll have a musician I feel wrestlers are really easy to interview it's a lot easier than musicians yeah, you, you they know just, they're gonna be fun they just go with the flow they're used to being in character it's just it's always a good time but you get those musicians who come in sometimes and they're like very serious and they just want to talk about their music and I'm like all right I'm cool with that but you know I like having fun and it feeling just like a friendly conversation rather than a marketing ploy yeah yeah definitely (laughs) and i feel like the people listening at home to like they connect more to a real talk like that i always say people can listen to the music or people can watch a wrestling match but you don't know about that person until you watch an interview or you read a book or something about Mm -hmm. them so that's kind of what i love doing in my interviews is just shedding that light on little aspects about a person you would have never known otherwise yeah and you mentioned your boyfriend's a wrestler yeah is it trey miguel, miguel. i've seen some animated gifs of him like diving oh off gosh. the top rope i was gonna ask are you ever worried about him because he's doing like all these crazy stunts and yeah yeah a lot of the time um he mainly wrestles in the states so whenever he has a match and he's been doing some pretty cool high profile stuff lately i'm like you have to call me as soon as you are done like i don't care if this match ends at one in the morning like you are calling me it's scary because you see these guys so many people you know wrestling's fake wrestling's this and that and yes things are predetermined but these guys are seriously every time they step through those curtains they're putting their lives on the line Mm -hmm. um i've seen stuff that should be so simple go horribly wrong and when you have dudes who are high flyers and they're doing these really crazy things it just takes one misstep or your foot getting caught in the ropes or the person on the other end is supposed to catch you is off by two inches yeah you know? and then you it's, hit the concrete you go too like, fast. Yeah. that's all it takes yeah. and i've had friends of mine that's happened to you and it, it worries me so i'm always like make sure you're in the ring with someone that you can trust and make sure you know what you're doing which i always know come on in come in <laughs> <laughs> Get people the, door. the um, closed door is kind of like intimidating people welcome welcome oh that's all good <laughs> nice to meet you man Kill it, brother. Good luck. Uh, we're doing a live podcast right now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> Music and wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. It's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> the Creative and Balanced Podcast. This is episode 78 with the interview queen, Alicia Toot. Hello, hello. Yeah, you, you too. <laughs> good luck on your uh, exams and everything, man. Yeah, cheers. Appreciate it. I love it. I embrace the randomness. Because, you know, like, uh, our show used to be at the bar. Like, people would walk in the interview thinking it's, like, the bathroom, or they think I'm the DJ controlling the music. Yeah. Change the fucking song. I'm, like, well, I'm trying to have the, the serious talk with somebody. <laughs> I had, like, an author who was t- telling me that he was, like, on his deathbed, and somebody walks in, and it's like, oh, this isn't the washroom. I'm like, oh, oh man, like, awkward. I'm <laughs> just... But I kind of love the chaos there. And rest in peace to the Pacific Junction Hotel. Uh, 
that uh, place that uh, we had our, our the Girth Radio headquarters got sold. And yeah, it's kind of like heartbreaking for our community. But me and Sammy, we're going to push on and find a new a new home. But I don't know. That place was so special. I I feel like it was its own thing and we, it can never be replicated. But I'm glad you got to come in there one, that one day. And yeah, we fun. used to do all the smash parties there and everything. And we had really good food too, so that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, poutine spring rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot my other question. I uh, Oh, yeah, back to um, with your boyfriend, Trey. Does he ever get, like, an idea for a move and was like, hey, I want to give you, like, this DDT into a pile driver, but just <laughs> rotate properly? Or He's run them by me, but yeah, yeah. by no means am I a wrestler, and I've always said since day one I will not be. Um, I'll take a bump if I have to, but otherwise I'm not getting into that. So I'm like, yeah, you can do that with your friend. Show me it, and I'll let you know if it looks cool or not, but I'm not getting involved. Yeah, so... Um, has your dad ever tried to push you in the ring, too? No. No? <laughs> okay. No, that's not something. I think he thinks I could do it. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm built for it. I just, I bruise like a peach, and I just don't want to put myself through that punishment. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't feel the charisma for it. I'm cool with just interviewing the people. And before it used to be, it's interesting, because I saw my site go from people coming to this website to watch the wrestler or the musician and now they're coming either because they directed them to my site or I just have this built-in fan base where they're like okay it's Alicia I don't care who she's sitting down with I'm gonna learn about this person and then determine if I like what they're doing or not Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's the same with uh (laughs) when it comes to being in the ring it's just I've I've never had that ambition so I I like what I'm doing and I'm just gonna keep telling people stories and do whatever live stuff I can kind of get my hands on but not get hurt yeah yeah awesome awesome (laughs) yeah so um do you got anything lined up, like any big shows? Or? Yeah, March is going to be crazy. On the 9th, I'm going to be in New York for a huge convention called Big Event. They have a few thousand fans come down. Just the hottest wrestlers you can think of are all their signings. So I have a bunch of meet and greets. I'm going to have a ton of merch there. Then on the 10th, I'm in Hamilton for Alpha One Wrestling, which is owned by Ethan Page from Impact Wrestling. So oh, cool, cool. That's going to be a really cool show. Then on the 15th, I'm in Chicago for Warrior Wrestling, another stacked show. It's just, it's going to be a crazy month. All my stuff, I'm not going to list them all here. Yeah, all long, busy, busy. But that's, follow that's, me on socials, Alicia. That's too, a good so. problem to have, to be oh, too awesome. busy. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like content is king. Mm-hmm. Whether it's shows that you're going to, or it's physical content that you need to share out, videos, things you write, whatever, You need. it's better to have more than none. Yeah, definitely. There's, I notice there's so much like power in that, and I... I meet a lot of people starting up like podcasts or YouTube channels and maybe they'll throw their first one out there too. And sometimes they get discouraged in a way. They're like, oh, nobody watched it. And like, you got to keep the momentum going. And lots of people like think like their first try needs to be absolutely perfect and everybody watching it. But even like, yeah, I noticed you just got to keep throwing them out there. Like whether people like or watching or listening to that one, you always got to do the next one and the next one, and different ones will blow up, and some might be a little, like, I don't know, more low-key than others. Well, the best example of that is one of the first interviews I ever posted. Um, it was, like, the fourth thing I ever did, and it was one of those two cues. Within two weeks, it got, like, a couple hundred views, and I was like, oh, my God, no one cares. They're never going to like it. And then that's one of my most watched videos because once you build an archive and you get your name out there, people will go back. I've had fans that have watched every single interview you've ever done. I'm like, oh, gosh, don't do that. Like, don't, don't go to those <laughs> early ones, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, never know, you never know what's going to get popular or what website will pick something up. You just you have no, no clue. 
Mm-hmm. Just throw it out there and all it takes is one big publication or one celebrity that you interview to post on Facebook and then you just get so many followers and so many new fans. Yeah. It's also cool to have this archive of yourself from you being oh, the teenager. Weird. And it's weird. I see like myself as like an awkward 17-year-old to an awkward 23-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre to watch. Yeah. But, but I think it's going to be amazing like way in the future, say your great-grandkids can like, if the internet you still do. exists then in the year... I know, right? 2080 or whatever they can see like oh i wonder what my my great grandmother is like and just like go back in time and just see your growth and the changes and everything it's such a cool thing i was so young when i started so even when i have to go back uh, whether it's for real or someone's like hey what is the first thing you did i have to look at it i'm like man you just you don't not only look different but you've just come so far as a person and my confidence is so much better and i used to hate public speaking hated it i hated group projects i would just avoid any like contact outside of my group of friends and it's the opposite now like now people are literally coming up to me and i'm more than welcome to challenge people i love it yeah that's so awesome it's weird <laughs> i love your story alicia thank you <laughs> anything else you want to say before we wrap this up or? honestly just if you have a passion go for it because worst case you screw it up and then you just find something else if it really doesn't work out but just keep at it because you don't know what's going to happen all it takes is for one person to believe in you and you could be set that's that's all it takes so just don't give up on yourself well said (laughs) thank you so much for that alicia thank you and now johnny you want to hop up there and do one more why don't you uh let us know a bit about this song and yeah so uh this is my next single it's coming out in the next few weeks um and uh, Sean has been videoing some of my shows for, uh, I'd say, probably a year. <laughs> he, uh, we did a couple of music videos together and things like that. So, And he's a big fan of the song, so I said I'd play it for him today. I just want to roll down one last time I don't know what to tell you So I'll say it anyway The way we're going We'll be back again There's nothing on my mind And I'm grateful for that Cause the only thing that this head ever gave me was an ache Nothing planned, no solution down the line And the only thing up my sleeve is a watch that fucking lied about the time They say now and I say later Give me truth, truth, and only truth. I gotta live I know my living. There's gotta be more to life than living. And when the demons, they come to take me, you gotta tell them I'm already gone. I gotta forget about getting to them. To the gates of the gods, to the gates of the gods, to the gates of the gods. And just like death, I gotta give it. I gotta give it everything I got. Oh, 
I saw a younger man He reminded me of myself And I said, do yourself a favor And be someone else Cause this worrying gets you nowhere It takes all of your sense And the songs you write have already been written Oh, they say now and I say later Give me truth, truth, and only truth I got a level, I know my living There's gotta be more to life than living And when the demons, they come to take me You gotta tell them I'm already gone I gotta forget about getting to the To the gates of the gods, to the gates of the gods, to the gates of the gods And just like death, I gotta give it I gotta give it everything I got But I don't want to survive I just want to roll down them one last time Johnny Shea, everybody. And for everybody listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, I want to remind you that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You're going to be able to see pictures of me and Alicia doing this live, the video of Johnny Shea playing that performance right there, and some clips. And before I leave, I want to give a biggest, 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 biggest thank you to PodCamp for having me, letting me step out of my comfort zone. So thank you, Jenny, John, uh, Lily, and everybody involved, and Sammy, the executive producer of Girth Radio and the show, and my man Cooper over there. I'm, I'm forgetting so many people, but thanks, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs>